podcast is the first ever English-speaking bi-weekly news podcast. We discuss news topics, travel, business, and more. To find out more about the news topics you'll hear about today, check out our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl. If you have a question, a story to share, or just want to say hey, email us at chiletodaypodcast at gmail.com, at chiletodaypodcast on Instagram or on Facebook. If you're feeling generous, please rate, please, what? Please rate and review us, Arvejas, wherever you listen, so more folks can find our podcast. I'm not doing it again. Okay, fine. We, this is how it is. Yeah, we should leave that in as the intro. Yeah. <laughs> the it's like, okay, those guys are professionals. Not. Yes, we are so professional. Uh, how are you, Lenny? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm great. You know that people can hear the clicky-clacky of your keyboard. Yeah, because I wasn't aware that you wanted to dive right into it, but now I'm 100% Now you're 100% focused. I was like, thing. I was like, you going to do some work over there I'm while we're trying to record a podcast? Yeah, well, I'm a terribly important, horribly busy man, you know? Yeah. Like, I ain't got not much time. What are you doing these days? Oh, boy. I've been trying to... Hawk my product at the fair today. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what do you mean? I mean, by not that? that kind of product, you know. I mean, hawk my I mean, product at the fair. Yeah, I mean, they're addictive, legally addictive, like the, the dick, drinks. Addictive. No, I mean, explain to our listeners what you yeah, have. I don't know. I'm, I have a small company together with two friends of mine. We're importing um, basically organic lemonades from Germany, which have been selling quite well. They're delicious. We've talked about them on the podcast before. Tell them all about it. Oh, this yeah. is your platform. Okay, all right. I, don't have to tell me twice. So <clears throat> those are basically um, organic lemonades, organic carbonated juices, if you want to, made from all organic ingredients. <coughs> Damn, sorry. More peace got for you. Uh-huh. Exactly, it's gonna help. So yeah, so so we're importing all organic lemonades, carbonated juices, if you will, made from well all organic ingredients. And uh, they're slightly carbonated. And My favorite is the, the apple. Exactly. We got apple. We got uh, passion fruit, orange. We got cherry, pomegranate. We got lemon. Pomegranate. We got... No, not, not pom- pomegranate. No, no. Hold on. What's <laughs> it called? Pomegranate. The... Oh, come on. The other thing. The, the... Granat? No. Yeah, granada. The... Pomegranate. No, that... Yeah, that is pomegranate. You said pomegranate. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's my, my radical roots, you know. Thinking yeah. about grenades and shit. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. After the election, stay tuned. <laughs> exactly. So we can, uh, yeah, you could do a Molotov cocktail with a bottle, but I guess. No. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> you repurpose the bottle after you drink it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, today we were at a fair trying to sell those goods. It was a little slow because it wasn't hot enough today. Yeah. Oh, and also, I mean, since I'm at it, like my good friend and business partner was absent for most of the day because that poor guy got scammed today. Scammed. Yeah. We have an entire episode about scams if you exactly. want to know uh, scams in Chile, but we're going to tell you about what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just quickly get into it so that thing doesn't happen to you. So he tried to sell a cell phone and the buyer wanted to pay him via wire transfer which you know i guess is reasonable because we're talking about a big amount yeah and it's super normal here in chile to transfer payments exactly and they don't use stuff like venmo and stuff i mean there's stuff like that here but people don't really use it so he was a little bit suspicious from the get-go but he decided to go with it and well it turns out the buyer to be or more like well didn't Turned out not to be the buyer in the end. I mean, she bought it. No, well, she, well, I mean, she got it. She got it. She, she got didn't it. buy it. And then she basically made a payment through Servipak, which was basically a check that she deposited. And he was led to believe that the money was deposited in his account. And now here's the, here's the kicker. You have to, when you're in a situation like that, when you sell your stuff and you want to check if the money has arrived, always check the saldo disponible. The disposable um, account balance. Yeah, the available account balance. And not the saldo contale, which is basically the accounted for account balance, if you will, because it will show in the saldo contable as available, but it would not show in the just saldo Just don't take disponible. a check, you guys. Just don't take a check. Don't take a I check. I mean, it's like the US. Don't take a check, you might bounce. Yeah, right. But and yeah, they, they, could, they, could, they could basically tell you, no, no, we made, a, we made a wire transfer, but they actually did deposit a check. So, But if you're not careful, you got to check your account balance to see, okay, are those, I don't know, 300 Luca or whatever, are they actually 
on my account or are they still pending? So in you gotta my be account. Really, in my account, yeah. So you gotta be really careful with that. So d just cautionary tale, don't make the same mistake and be safe everybody. Yeah, you didn't tell everybody where to get your product. Oh yeah, well you can absolutely get our product at limoland uh, underscore CL. You can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, uh, looking for limoland and that should be enough to find us. So L-I-M-O-N. Exactly. We'll put it in the the description for this Absolutely. episode. So that if you want some, they're really, really good. Um, I've, I was given some free ones and then I kept buying them for a while. So um, they're pretty delicious. Why did you stop that? I stopped because stop? I don't like, I j if, if I didn't stop, I would never, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Great save. I, Great save. I okay, mean, let's just no, I mean, no, for real. I ask Ask Mal. I am a soda. Like I'm drinking soda right now. I love drinking sodas, and if they're not like zero sugar, I will drink like eight of them and be hopped up. I mean, they're super good because they're so natural. Well, they are zero sugar. I mean, three of those are zero sugar, just like the natural fruit juice. Yeah, sugar. but if I drink like eighteen of them in one day, okay. Yeah, that, I'm can, trying that to can say be good. But I, that, can be, that goes for everything. Right, moderation. And so, I mean, I can't believe that the Diet Cokes that I drink aren't good either, obviously, for the aspartame reasons. But anyway, but they're super good. I highly, highly recommend them. Um, Thanks for letting me do the shout-out. Yeah. In the meantime, we're going to do more shout-outs about events that are coming up in Santiago. So the closest event is on December 4th. It's going to be at Fiddler's Pub near like right next to metro manuel mont it is going to be a bilingual comedy show hosted by the chistolas and is there anybody we know in the podcast is pinguino in it is um, Ping pinguino are you performing in the show yes pinguino's performing in the next show so yeah. if you want to see pinguino talk and are you doing it in spanish or english he doesn't know yet are you just quacking he's gonna just quack for like 15 minutes. It's going to be quack, hilarious. Quack, 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 quack. Yeah. And flap his little... And flap his little flippers. It's a, so it's a bilingual show. Some people are going to be doing comedy in English, some in Spanish, some both. So it's a really good time. It's at Fiddler's. We'll have more info on the Instagram. That's December 4th. And then on December 23rd, we're doing another horrible movie night that Penguin and I are hosting. Uh, I know it's close to Christmas, but we're doing the Star Wars Christmas special, which was like banned by George Lucas because it was so bad. And if it's banned, you know you're going to see it. And if it's banned by it. George Lucas because, I mean, you know, guys, some of the things that he's done haven't been, you know, the best. Nobody kill me. So, um, I mean, some of the stuff he does obviously is brilliant. Please, nobody hurt me. But, um, you know. You know what I'm saying. I'm so those are some events coming up. If you have an event that you want us to talk about on the show, you can email us at you, uh, gmail. Uh, what? Chile <laughs> Today Podcast at gmail.com <laughs> on Facebook or at Chile Today Podcast on Instagram. Exactly. At gmail today podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. That is what I was saying. We have news. I'm starting with news today, I think. You do that. Okay. So, the first thing is this is sort of an update for something that we've talked about before. And that is there is a dossier. Dossier? How do you pronounce dossier? Dossier. dossier. It's French. Dossier. Dossier in Australia about Australia's role in the 73 coup that Australia is refusing to release. Now, this has been a process that's been going on. We've talked about it before. But here's some updates. So... Clinton Fernandez, former Australian military intelligence officer, was denied access to documents that could shed light on the role that Australia played in the 73 military coup. Uh, getting the documents declassified failed because of the decision by a Sydney appeals court, which examined the case for five months. Uh, Fernandez requested access in June. So that was the first time I think we talked about it. The court said the verdict was based on the Australians Archives Acts, which allowed keeping certain documents classified, quote, to preserve the government's capabilities to keep secrets as necessary. Hmm. Uh, the court highlighted the law's importance for national security. Fernandez called the ruling an obscenity to the memory of the victims to continue hiding the truth. He added that the government should declassify the 50-year-old documents. The 73 crew was, of course, uh, led by the military junta, headed by Agosto Pinochet. It overthrew Salvador Allende's government. 
If you guys don't know that story, welcome to Chile. Uh, US, the U.S. was definitely involved, and they found that out 100% when the U.S. declassified documents, but the extent of Australia's involvement remains unclear. Hmm. So, um, Australia has, become, has come under pressure to come clean on its involvement, but so far it is known that agents of the intelligence service ASIS, ASIS, A-S-I-S, were sent to Chile in 71, <laughs> two years before the coup, at the request of the U.S., but most were called back to Australia or allocated to other services. One A asses agent is known to have stayed in Chile after the coup with some officers of Australian intelligence agency ASIO, A-S-I-O, also having been in the country during the coup. <laughs> asses. <laughs> yeah, we're 12 we're years old here. We're adults. Um, 12 plus. Yeah. What makes 20. you wonder what Australia has to hide? Yeah, huh? what you trying to hide, Australia? What you trying to hide? Yeah, they had nothing to hide. Then why don't you just release your taxes? I mean, why don't you just <laughs> release the documents? Exactly. So. Exactly. So, so much for Australia. Yeah. Well, I got a news item here. Not much more of a mention because there's really not that much to report on. But just so you guys know what's going on. Right now, they're still discussing the Puerto Retiro or the fourth withdrawal. English, the fourth withdrawal from your AFP pension funds. Which is funny to think about because, I mean, if you think back like about a little bit more than a year ago when they were still discussing the first withdrawal. It was super controversial and now we're in the, what? discussing the fourth. Exactly. And they were like the fourth and I think like, at some points they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, do, of course, like this is going to happen. Well, I, I heard that AF, AF, AFP, IFP investments have like gone up because of, or like, Again, like the way that economies work, right? More people, more money people have, the more money they put into the economy, and so the more money that you can then put back into the IFPs, because the IFPs are stimulated by um, stocks. Yeah. And so they're actually making more money the more money that's being retired. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's I mean from from yeah from that perspective it might make sense. Oh man, I wouldn't. So I mean, like the first withdrawal was yeah. really controversial because capitalists don't know how capitalism works, and then after that they're like, oh, we're making more money. Yeah, just keep going, man. But then the conflict arises that people who actually need the money, yeah, exactly. the poor people, don't have any money left in their asset base. Yeah, exactly. What you're gonna do, right? I mean, that that's gonna be that's definitely gonna be a problem down the road, which ha will have to be tackled by. Well, maybe not the next government, but well, hopefully the next government. But one of the hopefully we'll still be here after the next government. Yeah, that that too. But at some point, I mean, just take bets. Will your house burn down first, or will mine? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think probably yours. Depends on who gets voted in. That's true, but you know. I'm pretty sure the burning will happen if Cass gets voted in. So I'm pretty sure mine would get vote burned first. Yeah. Burn down Las Condes first. First center. Than the That's rich true. people. I mean, you know, it's so it's, it's neutral. Like it's, very, exactly. it's very, it's very like, yeah, <laughs> it's very like nobody messes with Nunoa. Yeah. Like, go because it's got. I don't know why nobody ever really goes there unless you're yeah. in the plaza. It's just like I just vote. Nunoa's a good place to live, is what we're trying to say. It's yeah, a good exactly. place to live. Move here. They're building a lot of buildings again, always. Um. Anyway, so you're talking about. So you yeah, anything the, else the, about the, the fourth. The fourth, with the, the fourth withdrawal has been was in session today. They were actually planning for an hour, but I think it's it went on for more than that. They have to resolve a few differences that basically the, the upper and the lower house have there. And they were uh, planning on discussing half of 18 proposals that they had on the on the docket, so which means nine. And um, part of those proposals were basically seeing if they are going to condition the withdrawal to basically catastrophic illnesses basically what that is saying is you can only do your fourth withdrawal if you have like a catastrophic illness and you absolutely need those funds or you have a really good reason to withdraw it another like, talking okay, point so limiting yeah exactly how how do you how do you yep so i guess then again how do you apply for that yeah, well, no details for now, okay? <laughs> I think this is something that's going to No, I was just speculating. Like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess there are a few qualifiers, which I wouldn't know what those are. But, uh, yeah, well, that was one of the talking points. The other talking points talking. was going to be if it's going to be uh, taxed or not, as they did with the second withdrawal. And I just also read that the Uli, you want to say it? <laughs> that's the uh, political party of Pinochet. Exactly that the OD actually presented a proposal for funds to go into 
basically a financial intermediator to prevent that people would get the money directly, which for me is kind of like, okay, what's the point then? Then you, you know? have to like pay money for the mediator. You're just going to lose money. Yeah, in the, like okay. through a financial institution, which is it's kind of a weird thing, but nothing. We're allocating accountants now to each Chilean citizen. You have the human right to an accountant. Exactly. But, you know, damn bureaucracy. I mean. So have you taken out any of your ICP funds? Uh, yeah, I have. I've been kind of like drawing it out. Okay, here's the thing. Like, I have, since I'm a foreign national, I have the option to opt out of the AFP. I think a lot I of think people they do not know that. I think they dissolved that, actually. I don't think you can anymore. Yeah. Well, then I did it right on time, which doesn't mean that it was, it was like four years ago that they stopped it or something. Like, I, pretty I did, recently. Yeah I, did that, yeah, I did that in 2017, so I opted out. Which doesn't mean that I got all my money from the AFP back because that would mean it would be pretty heavily taxed. And I was like, oh, I don't need that. So I just left it there I to marinate. <laughs> yeah, that would be taxed like as an income tax. And I was like, I'd rather leave it there for now. But basically what I did then, I paid my AFP funds. I still have to do monthly contributions to a pension fund of some sort. Sure. But it would go into a mutual fund. And now since I am planning on getting my AFP funds at one point or another anyways, I was like, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to get my money out. But I've been kind of like drawing it out because I don't really need it that much. So like... I usually wait until, I don't want to say the last minute, but like the month before, basically the one the year off. deadline. Yeah, the cutoff, exactly. It's usually one year. Also because like, usually the moment that a withdrawal gets approved, there's going to be a run on the AFP. There's going to be a run on the AFP, and then which usually, or people assume that it's going to make values plummet. So I'd rather be like, okay... I don't need this for myself and I don't need this for anybody else, you know? Like, I don't want to contribute to that problem, so I'd rather wait a little bit. So, yeah, so that's how I've been. So, doing that was the long way around of saying yes. With a lot of useful information, of course. Okay, so no, I haven't taken out any of any assets. Not that I really have money, because as a teacher, it's not like I'm getting a lot of stuff put in there. Yeah, true that. But do you have anything else to contribute to the. For that one, no. Okay, so I have the fact that Chile is reopening the land borders ahead of summer. Some people were confused about this. Borders are already open, but land borders are not yet. Or they will be on December 1st. So uh, Chilean's land borders will open on December 1st, as I said. Two and a half months after we reopened air travel, the Minister of Health, Enrique Perez, said that more details will follow, but assured that the move will be progressive and with a lot of control. He indicated the decision was made in light of the public's need to travel to neighboring countries. Like, for example, a lot of people go to Mendoza, or like a lot of people, you know, vice versa, and stuff like that. I mean, there's also a lot of other, you know, northern borders things, but yeah. let's not get into the conflict there. So, uh, Paris also announced that at the beginning of December, people over 45 will also need a booster shot to maintain their mobility pass, which we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. It was people over 55. Now we now have the deadline for people over 45. If you do not have your booster shot yet, you're probably eligible. So check that out. He emphasized that those in that age group have already completed six months since their last shot will need a booster to be eligible for mobility passes. Otherwise, their pass will be disabled, regardless of how many prior inoculations they have had, which means they won't be able to travel, land or air. He expressed the hope that by implementing this measure, Chile could avoid ICU admissions, death, and infection. Um, we are now experiencing a rise in COVID cases with an average of 2,000 or more a day despite our vaccination programs. The, ri the, rice? Mm, arroz. the rise has motivated the government to, among other things, knock the metropolitan region back to phase three, which we are currently in. The government is trying to walk the line between containment of the virus and relaxation of restrictions as the southern hemisphere enters its tourism season. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, but that's always like, on the one hand, people say, okay, cases are on the rise as soon as we get into winter because this is usually yeah. when the, oh, you know, and then tourism cases are just on the rise because we're doing what we, we're yeah. just we're just humans. So basically. Regardless of what season we're in, we're screwed, you know? Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> For just, different reasons. Get your vaccinations, people. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Chile initially required five-day quarantine, and now we don't. That's the last of the thing that I was going to say. Yeah, which is... That's nice. Nice, yeah. Coming back to Chile, I, the last time I traveled abroad, uh, I went to visit my family, and I had to do the five-day. I didn't have to do the 10-day, which is good, because the 10-day um, 
is obviously more than a five day. So, <laughs> yeah, this is how math works. Yeah, and when you live with somebody, like I live with my boyfriend, um, he also had to to yeah. quarantine. So it was good that it was only five days, not ten. Exactly. So. Now the thing is, like when you come back, you still have to wait for the result of the PCR test that they're gonna do. That you're gonna do at the airport. So so in practice, yes, it's you know, a little quarantine. You know, I never quarantine. got my PCR results from when I came back from the U.S. Yeah, well, they don't send it to you through mail. You gotta check on the website. Well, they give oh. you a little slip, and then they uh, there's like a code and a website address that you have to manually definitely check. didn't look at that yeah so but i also did the five-day quarantine and like the the 10 days of just having to be like no symptoms no symptoms. did you ever so have you to see, do that no no oh, no, yeah. no no every no 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 but like the last time i came back there wasn't really that i didn't get that every day and i don't know i got I an email every just single like day log on like manually it was like screw that they don't want to know it oh yeah. no every single day they send yeah, you a notification you, the, and you have to do it every single day or they yell at you they're like do this yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, but you would have to manually check for the PCR result, and basically until that result is there, you cannot leave your house. But last time I did that, and I just came back from Europe on uh, well, the beginning of November actually, and the PCR test result was there like within eight hours. Yeah, so somebody said they're really fast. They're super now fast. they are. Now they are. Well, Mary traveled yeah. in August. As soon as the borders open, like she traveled day after the borders yeah. open, so I guess August, and she got back and it was less than twenty four hours when she got her results. But she still had to do the, the ten day quarantine because exactly. at that point it didn't matter. But now we're getting into summer season, land borders open. So I'm going to Mexico exactly. next week. So maybe they're gonna take a little longer for the PCR test results now. Right, just from the quantidad, the quantity of people coming yeah, in and right. out and all around the country. Um, so we'll see what that happens. What yeah. you got for me, Lenny? Well, I got a little dry piece of news, as it seems, but I, I think it's something that should be mentioned. So, uh, gringos rejoice, or at least if you earn your, if you earn your salary abroad, because the day after the election, the dollar peso exchange rate dropped in favor of the the dollar, the dollar, if you will. Well, so depends spend on really your what dollars, side. Yeah, exactly. If you have dollars, gringos, lay in an account. Spend your dollars right now. Exactly, exactly. Your, do your you credit get card. more pesos for less dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so basically on Monday, the, the, the dollar dropped by 25 pesos, breaking the 800 pesos barrier. Um, nice. Yeah, exactly. But that just I didn't mean, last that long. No, I mean, every single election, everybody's always like, ha-ha. Exactly. Every election, doesn't matter if it's the right or the left, the dollar, or, I mean, that happens in the U.S. The dollar drops after every single election. Exactly. Doesn't matter if it's Republican or Democrat. Exactly. Every same, single time. At the same time, the stock market surged by 8.3%. And as you just said, people were like, see, see, you know, it elections and thing, you know. And they said like this last My time the stock market last night the stock market jumped like this was like in November 2019 after the signing of the constitutional agreement. Now the dollar dropped by 30 pesos and then recovered five pesos, so effectively just dropped by 25 pesos. And they said it was the biggest drop uh, since 2008. But now, make no mistake, this is not to say that this is the lowest the pesos has gotten since 2008. That's a misconception. It's just the most sudden drop. Basically, in mid-November. Uh, the dollar was actually at below 800 pesos too, you know? So yeah. it was like at 780 or something. Yeah, pandemic yeah. peso thing. Exactly. So what they meant is just like, it just dropped by a significant amount within one day, you know, instead of yeah, like a, a sharp Yeah, a sharp but downturn. But it makes sense, again, we're having an election, we're in its election post-pandemic, we don't even know who won yet. Yeah. Like, that's that's the thing. Exactly. So, like, nobody get your panties in a wad about which candidate meant which thing, not about the yeah. dollar, okay? Now, we had a few more professionals chiming in on this whole thing, and uh, one of them was, his name was uh, Cristian Solito Bando, who is the ex-CEO of the Santiago stock market, <laughs> and he assumes that... <laughs> He's not biased at all. <laughs> no, not at all. And he assumes that it's uh, because the Congress is more or less in a stalemate situation right now, which we're going uh, yeah. to get into in a little bit, in which both blocks will have to reach across the aisle to forge agreements. And, you know, personally, and that's just my opinion, I think that, like, him and a lot of the people basically from the more conservative part, they're a little bit relieved that the left-wing politicians didn't sweep the Congress as a lot of people were just concerned they would. That didn't that happen. They sweeped the Constitutional Convention. Yeah, exactly, because they saw what happened in the during the plebiscite, uh, the referendum, you know, and they were like, okay, I, let's see if this is going to happen again. That did not happen, so I guess they were a little bit relieved. 
Yeah, we're going to talk more about that here exactly. in a second. And Mr. Francisco Errandonia, who Don is Francisco. The, Don Francisco Errandonia, the CEO of Soy Focus. He maintains that these sun market movements are basically typical right after the elections, which is what you just mentioned, Bethany. Right. So basically, you could just take his job. Yeah. And just as qualified CEO. You know, economists, like, you know, basically. Stuff. They, they, they do real things. Real Right, I think there are three words that basically describe best what happened last Sunday, which would be what the fuck. <laughs> are you shitting my dick? Yeah, pretty much. That was that's more than three words, but yeah, but you know, who's counting? Five, yeah, talking about elections, yeah. So, in a way, the big result was not much of a surprise, yeah. Boric Chonkest made it to the, to the runoff. Mm-hmm. However, what was a big surprise was was the candidate that came in third place, which was Mr. Franco Parisi. Yeah. We, if you want more specific, in-depth details about our candidates, listen to the previous episode. But as a reminder, Parisi is the guy who's not allowed to step foot in Chile because he would get arrested if he did because he has not paid his child support. So somehow people thought that he should be president, even though he's not allowed in the country. Exactly. Now let's first talk about the the general um, result of the election with basically Kast and Boric making it to the runoff round. Mm-hmm. And Kast winning the first round by a margin. <laughs> let's say it's not a slim, slim margin, but... It was close enough. It was super close. They were both in their, their late 20s. Yeah. Their well, late 20%. Exactly. exactly. Not close enough so that, that it could be disputed, but it was no, close. No, it was, it was close. It was like, what was, what was the actual percentage? 28 to 20 point algo, 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 algo to 26 point algo, algo, algo? Yeah, it was, it was I think, uh, Kast was 28 point something and Boric was in the lower 26 or the upper 25th percentile. Right. So yeah, that was a, say, a two point difference between the two candidates. Now, the thing is, people might ask themselves, okay, what happened? Because if you just looked at what happened in 2019, when basically people just took to the streets Mm -hmm. and basically forced the plebiscite, the 2020 plebiscite, in which more than 50% of the electorate went out to vote, and they voted, 78% of that voted for Apruebo, which kind of, um, you know, gave you a very clear picture of left-wing tendencies. One would assume that... Boric should have won the first runoff, but that wasn't. Well, especially the first since that the, wasn't the, case. the pr- in the original primaries, the first primaries, which you know, um, which again, that was you know, we we talked about in the last podcast how Sicha was really gaining a yeah. lot of momentum in that first one, even though Hagle and Boric got more votes than like individually than all of the right wing candidates put together. Yeah, and so I. I think there's a lot we're not political analysis. analysis. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're listening to this to get like... Disclaimer. Yeah, go to our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl, and read some real yeah. news. We're hey. here to entertain and to inform. I mean, excuse me, I think I've mentioned on the last episode already that I do have a diploma from Reddit University and a doctorate from Wikipedia Institute. Oh, well, I have two doctorates from Wikipedia. Oh, damn you. Well, we're yeah. absolutely qualified then. I know. So, and I actually read peer-reviewed articles from Wikipedia. <gasps> Nerd. So, um, anyway, so there's a lot of speculation as to, uh, as you were talking about, as to why this is. Exactly. Um, people expected a larger vote turnout than what, what, what happened because we had such a huge turnout for the original primary elections. Mm. There were less people turning out today, and the majority of the people who did turn out were from those right-wing neighborhoods. Yeah. Because things are split into districts. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say the majority because, I mean, well, if cast look, one a relative majority. No, no, no. Majority. I just mean, like, if you look at the neighborhoods, the, oh, yeah. the typically more conservative, richer neighborhoods had, like, above 50% of the population of those neighborhoods coming out, while all of the other neighborhoods, mm-hmm. like, basically in the country had less than that, you know, right. varying depending on right. the... And I think that there was probably... A, a, so many people were shocked on Sunday. I imagine a lot of people didn't vote because they were just like... Yeah. Eh. What's the worst that's gonna happen? What's the worst that's gonna happen <laughs> as Cass pulls ahead into the yeah. first place spot? So people are shitting themselves exactly. right now, scared. I mean, I read in I just today I read an op-ed in on an English-speaking website 
uh, English language English website. speaking. <laughs> yeah, the website spoke to me. On mm-hmm. an English language website who took a stab at explaining what happened there, which I don't know if I agree, I agree with all of the author's opinion, but I think he made a few, few salient points there. So basically what the author was saying there that, uh, yes, Chileans still do want more social rights in the Constitution, which is why they basically took to the streets to begin with. But he says like the general tenor is they do want pragmatic and moderate changes to the Constitution. However, they are hesitant to throw out the baby with the bathwater. So now, whether or not this is justified... Wait, what does baby with the bathwater mean? They're basically saying, okay, yeah, we do want changes, but not that radical, you know, not like... Um, but do, like, that... Uh, right. Not, yeah, no, no, but like, okay, myself. now one thing, one thing is that what, what the author says, the author, but I think he tried to reflect a little bit the, the basically sensation that went through the whole populace there, whether or not they are right with this fear, that's a different thing. And that's what I'm saying, like, whether or not this is justified, like, people fear that the economic success of the country would be in jeopardy uh, if too many changes to the economic model is made. And know, I, again, and I debatable. Think, I think people don't understand how much Cast himself wants to make changes to the economic. Ec- yeah. economic? Yeah, economic. see, I'm, I'm a professional here. Economic model. Economics. Because he has, in, in my opinion, much more extreme changes than Boric has. They associate Boric with the Communist Party because yeah. the Communist Party is within his coalition. Yes. He himself is not a communist. So there's an assumption of radical economic change there, when in reality, if you look at both of their, um, both of what they have proposed, um, caste is much more radical. Mm. Um, there's there's also that thought of like, oh well, it's radical right wing capitalists. Not things. It's just some of it's just unwise in yeah. the long run. Just like pr- wanting to privatize privatize the one nationalized business yeah. in in Chile it's like um which you're is gonna, a big money maker for the oh state. yeah it's a big money maker for the entire country it's a big money maker for people for people who like for salaries for government workers and also the military it's 11% of Chile's income yeah 11% of Chile's it's 11% of Chile's income and this Wait guy wants to privatize it and it's like you uh, uh, that if you don't seem think that's a radical change you sh- <laughs> I, can, I don't know what to do with you <laughs> at, this, at this point that i don't works. know what to tell you exactly. all i'm gonna have to say is you need to get a degree from right. wikipedia university ma'am like or sir did. or non-binary exactly. <laughs> yeah well as, as you just said bethany i mean people have this irrational fear of of basically bordage making communist move because he is Aligned, uh, allied with the right. Communist Party, which people are s- basically skeptical or basically they suspect them. They don't trust the Communist Party. A lot of people do not trust which, the Communist Party here. Uh, we could go into so many yeah. like historical things about Chile to like exactly. talk and about fear-mongering. If it's not that, then people also think Boric is too young, which is a point. I don't think 35 it's a is point. not... I th- how is... There, what... Well, I guess you just associate presidents with being old and gray. And Honestly, but again, yeah. how old was Obama when he was elected? But again, you know, it's not... I think the, the point that the author was making is those are like... He has a beard. Peers. How dare he have a beard? Yeah, well, he has a beard. He can be clean-shaven, have less tattoos. He's got it. Well, Sejo got tattoos too. This is why he didn't make it to the runoff. <laughs> if Sejo hadn't had tattoos, it didn't he help that he was already a father. He got yeah. tattoos and that really ruined Oh, yeah, again, him. a cast has nine children... Boric right. has zero, so obviously Boric lacks vital experience in life. Exactly. We're making fun of a quote that Sichel Exactly. You know, that, was, that was actually one point that the author made, which I think does have a leg to stand on. He said that over the last couple of years, crime really has become a problem, and now Boric has not really tackled that this so much on the campaign trail. That was more... He's released some sh- things today specifically yeah. about crime. Exactly, because he knows now that he's in the runoff, he has to pander a little bit more to the... To what's the center, right? Right, and if no. you listen to Cast's speech on Sunday, his entire like me and my friends started taking drinks every time he said delinquency. Yeah, because the his entire speech that was his platform. It, his yeah. entire speech was the delinquents in the street are coming to burn your house down. Exactly, and that was his entire thing. And so Boric knows now. Okay, his entire platform is people are trying to take your shit, yeah. and he knows he's got to like tackle delinquency exactly. and whether you like it or not this is something that really moves the moves the populace right now and people are fear-mongering yeah it's fear-mongering and they're worried about that and now actually that was one of cast's main platform points 
Boric hasn't really tackled it that much, so I guess that comes back to Biden in the ass right now. And he knows, as you just said, like he just made a speed or a speech on Sunday because he knows he has to basically flesh this point out a little bit if he wants to win the election, if he wants to weigh, uh, basically win the runoff. Also, another thing that he said, which I thought was really interesting, because people say, what do you have right now? Somebody from the far right and somebody from, let's say, for Chileans far left personally i don't think it's that far left no. but that's, people like yeah. Boric is not far left for Chilean standards it's far but left. people it's, it's interesting because yeah. Boric is not far left but people there are a lot of messages trying to convince Chileans that Boric right. is far left yeah, exactly. when he's really not again because he is supported in the same coalition yeah. as the socialist party and the communist party but he's one more one of the most left leftist candidates that chile has had since the since really the, more than Artes? Oh, you made no, 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 yeah, no, but like, let's say that made it to the second round at least, the serious game. But wasn't I mean, the wasn't who who went up against Gid? Wasn't he like who? What party was Gid in? Gid was a little bit more. To I mean, the he definitely was like action-wise to the center. Yeah. But what party was he in? Okay, yeah. so Gid was ex Partido Radical. Yeah. Either way, like a lot of people did. Well, the thing is, is a lot of actual leftists didn't like Gid because he very much pandered to the right, but. Mm. I mean, I mean, I can't speak to the most leftist candidate that Chile's had or not. Because I don't know enough about the past election. Right. Well, case in point here is that, you know, people might look at the result of the two, basically look at the two candidates that are going, to, that are going into the runoff and see, think that Chile is polarized. Chile really isn't that much polarized. What Chile is right now in terms of the electorate is fragmented because if you actually look at it, both candidates, neither of them got more than, they actually, they actually got less than 30% of the votes. And actually, if you take all the moderates together, together they have more percentage points than either of the two leading candidates. So yeah. you have a very, very fragmented right. uh, electorate. Which it, so it was really important to see which candidates were going to come out in support of which other candidates. So Provoste, exactly. who is moderate left, came out very quickly in support of Boric. Yeah. Um, the Christian Democrats... The, the are in support of Boric. What is it? The RN was it the RN who said that they will not support Cast, yeah. but they are not going to write a blank check to no, Boric. No, that, well, that was Sichel. That was, that was Sichel. The RN actually came out in support of Cast. Now Sichel, who is officially an independent, uh, he did say, "Well, uh, we have. Diff I'm not going to endorse no, Boric, but I do have um, my differences with Cast." So it was kind of nah, wishy washy. he's, being, he's so, being a moderate. Yeah. I mean, he's being someone that doesn't want to take a side. Exactly. So and moderate. Me, yeah. Okay, so... It is funny, because like neither, neither of the political parties or the, the, the former presidential candidates came really out. Has like, anybody upfront. come... Besides Not Udi. Me. Udi, of course, yeah. which is the political party of Pinochet, has come out in support of Cass. But has anybody else come out, like, as far as political parties... I mean, a lot of people said they're not going to vote for Boric. Right. But besides Uli, who has said they're coming out and support Cass? Well, that's the thing. It's like most of, most of the... Ivopoli? Same. Ivopoli. They called for a vote on Cass. Right. I mean, most of the most of the political parties, they didn't come out in favor of a candidate, but they came out in, in basically saying we're not supporting this candidate. That was kind of like remarkable. Well, except for Provoste. Provoste and, and Meo immediately oh. came... No, man, I, I watched, I'm sorry, like, I disagree here because I watched Mayo's speech at Mayo at no point in but his Mayo speech put, did Mayo, Mayo, Mayo did, he's... he did later, he did, like, the next day, he, he said he was going to support Boric, yeah, oh, okay, 100%. Because in that speech, he was just like, okay, Boric, it's up to you, and I mean, it was so clear that Boric, it's up it. to you, that's it's coming out in, in favor of Boric. You're right, yeah, yeah, but he wasn't really, it's like, I'm going to support you, it's just kind of like, okay, Boric it's up to you to win this now, in a way, you know? Okay. Okay. Now we're it's just politics. semantics. Now it's just yeah, semantics. It's, but it's politics, he a hundred percent threw his weight behind Boric. It's like for me, not even. Exactly. Boric, it's up to you to defeat Cast. Means you're putting your favor. Right. Exactly. I mean, he was always and he was never a friend of Cast policies. He made no, this very clear. No, he's very, yeah. very close anyway yeah. to Boric. And he brought up. He made a good point. He may have made a good point because he said basically the same thing that George Jackson said at a later point that what what Boric has to do now. He has to basically, well, Mayo said he has to distance himself a little bit more from the far left ideas to win over the more moderate electorate. And basically, <sighs> George hard. Jackson said that Borch needs to broaden and diversify his campaign, which is two different ways of basically saying the same thing, pander a little bit more towards the center. And the thing the is, is of those, of, of 
the Frente Amplio. If any of those people from the Frente Amplio is going to reach across, the aisle is going to be Boric. Because, I mean, he had that like whole nickname of being Amarillo, which in um, Chilean speak means that you sometimes, you're not necessarily playing to the party line all the time and it's but it's like an insult in the way that you refuse to like take a line and just be stern on it because Boric very much is like oh well okay I can see your side which is and not like what did you do have to be it's honest not, especially the it, way that the congress turned out right but with these coalitions if you don't know in Chile they get very upset if you're not playing with the party line on both sides and Boric has violated those party lines several times in his career yeah. by reaching towards the moderates or the less left leftists or whatever and it's made <laughs> a lot of people mad i remember right. what was it was it 2020 and when he like hold my beer <laughs> uh, yeah. See, but again on nobody gives a shit on the right like what okay whatever but um but what was it he like he he broke with the party line over in 2020 i think over um certain laws about uh, looting in protests mm-hmm. and there's a really famous video of like him sitting in park in one of the parks near where he lives in La Stradia and people coming up to him and pouring beer on his head and he's just sitting oh, yeah. there on the bench and like 10 people come up and just pour and he just sits there and it's just like and all because also the thing about Boric is like he's very much pro like protesting and so I think in his mind this very much was like this is your way uh I'm, he wasn't gonna fight back he was just gonna be like i'm gonna yeah. sit here i'm gonna let you pour the shit on my head i made a decision and i'm sticking with my yeah. decision and i don't know who said like just reminds me of this quote i once heard i don't know if it was an american english german politician like said that politics is the art of the possible which i think is probably fucking german yeah no. <laughs> maybe may but i mean yeah, i think he's got a point in a way he's like yeah i mean you can be a hardliner but in the end like if, if, if you have to work with congress well you better damn make sure you get those votes you know and you've got to compromise at some and point. i think i mean honestly no matter have. no matter if you're left-leaning or right-leaning i do think like one thing cast cast is not a dumb person but he is not compromising Boric is much more compromising than yeah, cast ever true. will be exactly. so it's going to be interesting hopefully more people hopefully more people get out and vote so we can have a better understanding of what people are doing and and what people actually want because it's quite confusing right now with we have 80 percent for apruebo and then you had the the first primary elections where the left wing just dominated the constitutional election where the left wing dominated suddenly we have this extreme right candidate that gets all these votes and it's so it's people were absolutely shocked and it's funny because I kept saying to my students and to my friends who are Chilean, I kept saying, like, because they're like, oh, yeah, Cass is, is never going to get a, a majority, or he's never, ever, ever. And I was like, dude, I have Trump trauma. I never, and I told all of them, I never say never. And so I went over to my friend's house to watch these elections, and all of them are, like, shocked jaws on the ground. And I'm just, like, sipping my beer, like, I don't want to say I told Girl. you so. But all I'm trying to say is I kind of told you so. Like, I was not shocked yeah. at all. because it's good to be prepared mentally. Right. So it's going to be a really interesting month, and we're going to keep you updated on this on this podcast. Is that your cell phone? That is my How cell phone. unprofessional. Totally put How unprofessional. I'm so sorry. Do you have more to add for that section? Yeah, well, actually, let's get back a little bit to... Uh, let's get back on track. Yeah, let's get Bethany. back to endorsements, because there's actually oh. one party that we haven't mentioned yet, or one oh, category girl. that we haven't mentioned yet, because... Parisi's party. Oh, now, Parisi. Because Parisi, Paris, Paris E... He's probably gonna be the the kingmaker in this one Which because makes no, who yeah. votes for a guy who can't Actually, even come back exactly. to the country? I kind of I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. I have theories. I have theories. Oh, there are theories, but this is gonna be interesting because people say, okay, we know where most of the votes from the other parties are gonna go to. I mean, it's clear that from, yeah, Uli is gonna definitely is gonna be cast now. Paris is gonna be like, okay, this guy is conservative in. Um, they're economically liberal, which panders a little bit more to the basically to to caste, but they're also like socially liberal, which panders a little bit more to the to the side to towards the side of Boric. So right. people don't really know what's gonna happen. So basically, what this guy did, uh, this guy is probably feeling like a million bucks right now, and people say, All, uh, yeah, getting a million bucks, yeah, he's he was, not he gonna give to his kids. Inviting, he was, <laughs> yeah, exactly, use those million bucks to support your kids, but okay. He was planning on inviting Cast and Boric to his live stream so to let his followers decide. The balls on that guy. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna just invite the two front runners to my little 
Instagram live so, like, and just hash it out. Who's gonna, who am I gonna vote for? Exactly. Who am I gonna let all my constituents? And honestly, there's a part of me that feels like his constituents. Because there was a survey that was recently came out that said everybody already knows who they're going to vote for. Like, everybody has already made their decision. So, it doesn't really matter. I feel like what Parisi says, I feel like all of these surveys are like people have made up their minds. Even yeah. it, because now it's just Castro Boric. It's not complicated. It's you're either going to vote for one thing or the other thing. And that's the thing. You know, I think that's... I've, I have talked to somebody who's on the fence, but I don't think, like... That's weird. To be on the fence at this point with somebody, right. two people who are so extreme. Exactly. And that's that's the main difference between this election and the elections that we had before. For example, the last election was between, I think, Bachelet, you know, Guillermo and, and, and Piñera, which is kind of like, yeah, one is a little They're, bit more left, one is uh, a little bit more to the right. I mean, like, most of my friends annulled in that election. Right. Because a lot of my friends are, a lot of my friends are from different sides and they didn't trust Piñera from the first government and they didn't trust Guillermo because he's, he claims to be from the left and then he does really shitty things that um, are super corrupt. Right. And so a lot still, of them like went and just didn't vote. Yeah, but in the end of the day, they were still like muddling somewhere around the yeah, center there was line. No, yeah. And you could go like, okay, let's look at the programs. But now we got this guy on the very far right and the other guy that has extremely leftist progressive ideas. And you go like, oh, okay, this if, is really a no-brainer. You're, you're either the, on this side right. or on that side. If you're in the middle, which again, I talked to somebody today who was in the middle and it was just like, there was no... He kept talking in circles, and he wasn't in the middle. It was very obvious about who he was going to vote for, which is he, he finally came. Because he was just like, oh, yeah, Cass is bad for this, 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 but I'm still not sure. And I was like, I think you're just fucking with me. <laughs> I think you're just fucking with me. So I feel like for, for first of all, fuck Buddy C. Like, don't, why are you doing that shit? Like, again, he's being an asshole because you know, I mean, yeah, of course, he's Pinguino saying money. Right, because you, his people who voted for him know who they're going to vote for. And the person I was talking to today, because he won, I think, first place in Concepcion. And I have a student who is, who, I have two students who live in Concepcion. And they were saying the reason why a lot of people in Concepcion were voting for him is because people in, uh, people in Conce, for some reason, did not want another typical politician. Exactly. And cast yeah. and Boric are very much politically aligned. While Parisi literally doesn't live in Chile. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like, for me, that's a ridiculous reason to vote for somebody who cannot come. I mean, not, not if he was living in Chile, okay, I could, I could, I could see what you're doing, mm. but he's not legally allowed in this country. He's literally like, I can be a president via Zoom. Weyun, like you're not allowed in this it's country like because <laughs> you're a rich, you're a rich asshole who will not pay your child support. Like you, Which is you, such a red flag. <laughs> like, yeah, like you, Oh my gosh! Yeah. It's it's not uh, it's not like he's like a political prisoner or somebody who's just in another. You know, it's because he won't pay for his children to live. Yeah. It's like wh what, yeah. guys? Yeah, let's let's talk about Parisi a little bit more. I mean, he, he's a jerk, but I mean, it's an interesting thing because nobody really expected this guy to nobody. come. Nobody, nobody. I mean, not again, that's third, why not that's fourth, why fifth. everybody was just like, "You're gonna be there down there with that piss or something." We, we you know? talked about it last, like, yeah, exactly. on our last episode. <laughs> so we were not gonna drop his name. We you did know, not even go into de we went into detail detail about Sijil yeah. and Cass and Boric and Provoste, and we didn't even really. We just made fun like, of. Exactly, but it's easy for a while. And then all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> third place. Uh, and like, what just happened? And it kind of goes to show that like a few news outlets made the argument that people are, that was kind of like a protest vote, that people are just fed up with traditional politicians. There's that and as well. As you said, it's like, a, okay, a, yeah. well, Kast is like, okay, he got the, he's kind of like extreme, like he's like on the, on the very far fringes of the right and he has this, New party, which is the Republicans, but he still got that Uri stank. And then Boric, oh, yeah. also him, him being a progressive student leader, whatever, but he got that communist, communist stank. stank. So, like, people like, I don't like your affiliations. So, Paris, you just got the, I guess. He just got the I'm a bad dad stank. Like, hate the stank. So, yeah, exactly. He just got the I'm a bad dad stank. And you know how people are really, really able to ignore that. Yeah, so. Exactly. So I read, I read this interview with this political scientist called Claudia Heiss, and she was like rather surprised by Parisi's good results, especially considering that he's like rather apolitical, if you will, and he has not That's really presented why. any collective projects, and is mostly out to benefit himself. Does That's it sound like I'm peeing right now? Like. But you know, this makes him generally more attractive to the right wing, and this is actually a, a this is actually a very important point. It makes him very attractive to the, to the right wing, who is more amenable to like, like anti-politics. Sorry, right I'm interrupting you. you know? This is important. 
So yeah, so basically that makes him more attractive to the right wing who's more amenable to anti-politics rhetoric. Sure. And in 2013, if you look back, like half of the of the votes, he was he was in the race, and half of the votes in the runoff went uh, basically to the Uri uh, candidate, which was Ebony Matei back then, and the other half abstained. Like they, I mean, probably not 50-50 split, but it was most of the other half abstained from voting. So that that's kind of a red flag. So now, although Cast is independent right now, or he ran as an independent, and he tries to distance himself himself from the establishment. Like his legacy is still too close to the Udi. No, I mean probably something similar to 2013 might happen. I really hope it doesn't, but it but, signs are there. I mean, and again, a lot of it. What happened 2013? In 2013, basically, he had the people say that most of his votes in the runoff went to the uh, Udi uh, candidate, okay. and the other half was just like, screw that, I'm not gonna vote. You no. know? Yeah, the, uh, 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 Matt, Mao and all his friends are old. All of his friends. Exactly. And this guy, he won, I mean, get that, he won the region of Antofagasta with 35%. Like, he was third nationwide, but he actually scored, he was first in Antofagasta, and he was second in three other regions. I don't get it. And, like, those were the three northernmost regions. There was this joke that was going around the night that I was, like, at the, the it wasn't a party, there was, like, a few people together to watch the election results. As people from the U.S. know we do as gringos, which is catching on here among my <laughs> friends. It's, it's catching obvious. on because I'm like, he wants to watch the elections together. Like and, all my, thrones, and all my friends are like, why would you do that? And I'm like, because it's kind of fun. Like, get drunk and like yeah. drink every time that uh, Cass says delinquency. Like, yeah. come on, it's it's, fun. it's like Game of Thrones, just that you might die. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on to your hats, women, immigrants, people, uh, people who are minorities Ooh, in Chile. Yeah. Hold on to your, hold on to your britches. What was I going to say? Oh, there was this joe going around that was like in Antofagasta, Parisi won because that's all where the miners are yep. who are having to pay child support to their divorced wives who didn't want to be married to miners who were gone like three, two, three months out of the, three weeks out of the month. Yeah. Well, actually, you're joking, but according to what this political scientist Francis Espinosa said, that is actually not too far off. I mean... Okay, well, that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but he said that basically this, uh, the second region, which is Antofagasta, is probably the most neoliberal region there is, which has to do with mining. The mining, you know, because that's where all the mines are. Money. And people are in, gener in general, they're disappointed with traditional parties. So people want more independence there and liberties, which makes Parisi's proposal so appealing. And if you look at the electoral map... Yeah, the, Parisi does the have a lot, regions, of, a lot of interesting to, ideas about mining. Right, and like all the northern regions either went to... He, Parisi, like Antofagasta, all he actually scored second place on that one. So right, except for, for the itself. extreme north, no. which is the racist. No, because they they got cast. Yeah, they cast one, but Parisi got in second. Well, yeah, but that makes sense to me. I just meant like the extreme north because of racist immigration, yeah. kind of stuff. Cast one. Exactly, immigrating racist. So. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's I mean, not what? far from the truth, depending on what country you're coming from. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've heard some doozies from immigrants, including my own family okay. from Bolivia, okay. who voted for caste, which makes no sense, people. If you don't mind, let's, let's just briefly touch on turnout. I mind. I can. You do? I'm, I'm kidding. No, yeah, no. okay. No, like, like the, the turnout was not great. Nope. It was 7.1 million, which was about 47% of the electorates. Now, the thing is, you have to put this a little bit in perspective. You have to put this a little bit, yeah. You have to put this a little bit in pers into perspective because historically, and we're talking about like 10, 20 years back, turnout has always been between 80 and 90 percent, but voting was compulsory. Right. Thing. And then they <sighs> changed that law around. I think it was in 2013 or the years before that. And then in the 2013 election, that turnout dropped to 49.43 percent and has never really recovered. They're since trying then. to pass. They're right. trying to make it obligatory again to vote. Yeah, I'm kind of split on that one, but okay, let's get let's not get into that right now. So basically, this this turnout, as I said, like this turnout was about forty seven percent, which is a bit higher than the two thousand nineteen elections, which had a turnout of about forty seven percent, but still lower than the twenty twenty plebiscite, which had about fifty one. So we're talking about a couple of percentage points. It's really doesn't you make say a couple of percentage points. That's still a couple million people. That is true. That is true. But if you just put this into perspective, it's not. There's a big jump there. And the thing is, like you have to compare this on an international scale, and this is abysmal. Compare this yeah. to the U.S., where usually the turn is about sixty-seven percent. Compare this to Germany, where seventy-seven percent. And there's but there's a lot of interesting. Okay, so there's a lot of things that you know I. Okay, 
let me let me let me get my brain together because I'm drinking pisco. So, um, that's what you heard me pouring. I was like, does it sound like I'm peeing while you were talking? I was not letting people pay attention to you. I'm sorry. I love you. Okay. So, um, so for example, I was watching. I was at my friend's house watching the elections, and the election institution, Sevel, says that if you're in line when the polls close, you are allowed to vote. But in a lot of the poorer regions, they were closing the gates and not letting those people vote. And the poorer regions typically be continue to be the more left-leaning, especially in Santiago, mm. the more left-leaning areas. While in Provincia, people were still waiting in line. In Lorenzo, people were still waiting in line. They were allowed to vote. So there was all of this hubbub about, like, people being turned away and then the and then the cerveza being like oh no we just directed them to a different tape like a different table a different place but then again these are poor people who might not have had the ability to go across town i kept hearing that there were no micros available that there was like a lack of taxis because again the taxi drivers they have to go vote themselves so if you've got a car it is so much more accessible which of course the people who have cars what they live in luanachea they live in the more right-wing areas if you don't got a car, the only way you can get to your polling station, maybe, is a micro yeah. or the metro or one of those things. And especially in more and more poorer places, it has to be a micro. Yeah. And I just kept hearing so much on the internet, like, where are the micros? Where are the micros? Where are they? I can't find, like, there's no buses running. There's no buses running. And so it makes me think that there has to be... As political as Chile is, because it is, we just had a social movement. Mm. It ha- there has to be something in there yeah. that is like that voting ha- is not accessible, like physically not accessible no, right. no, for certain people. Too, but then again, if you, if you think about again the U.S., right? Because I, but I think everyone you, but, but in the U.S. has a car. Yeah, but the thing, is, no, no, but not everybody. That's also like poor but people. Voter suppression absolutely. is a lot more of a thing in the U.S., right? And right. In the U.S. doesn't even vote on a weekend. They vote on a weekday, which is a big thing for people that but are poor. But I will, I will intervene and say there is early voting in the U.S. No, voter okay. suppression is okay, real. It is a hundred percent real in the U.S. However, the whole micro situation is different because even if you don't have a car in the U.S., yeah. because I've been that person without By a car. The way, micro service was free here, on, which doesn't mean that there were of course. No oh, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. price prohibitive right yeah. now. I'm just saying availability of transportation. Right, right. If you're standing in the sun for 45 minutes and there's no micro, what are you gonna do? Oh, like right I gotta right. get back to my my job because I own my mini market, right. and time is literally money. I've been standing in the heat that was horrible for 45 minutes waiting for a micro, and I'm literally losing the money that my family needs by standing here. What are you gonna do? Exactly. You're gonna go home. Yeah. Because you already think, especially if you're, you already think you know what the results are going to be. Exactly. Now, since you just mentioned this whole thing, this controversy that that happened, that people were actually turned away from the polling station. Let me just mention, if you listen to this and that happened to you, what you should do, basically, if you were arrived at the polling station on time, but you weren't admitted, you were turned away, you should file a complaint with the delegate of the election directorate of the station in question. Because the the Tricel, the Tribunal Calificador de Elecciones, or the Electoral Court in English, they can even mandate a new voting round in that station if it finds that the voting rights have been infringed upon. So if that happened to you, that wasn't right, make yourself heard, file a complaint, Mm -hmm. because that ain't right, man. It was such a big deal that it started trending on Instagram. I'm not trying to, that's not the word you say on Instagram, that's Twitter. But it was like all over Instagram that Cervera was like posting things like, no, you're allowed to vote. And on the TV, there was a woman holding up her Instagram on her cell phone and like yelling at the um, the people that were working the tables and the carabineros. Because the carabineros were standing there not letting these people in. Yeah. And it's like, what are what are you, what, they, 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 like they're standing there, it's, it's cutoff time. It's 6 o'clock, and they're standing right at the gate like, we just want to vote. And you also have to remember that the people working these polling stations are not volunteers. They are forced to work there, and they want to fucking go home. So they're going to do anything that they can in their power to go home. Yeah. And But that, you can't do that. You, you can't, we, people have a right to vote. So we're probably going to have two parts of this episode. So just to remind you here at the end of the episode of the events coming up, December 4th, that is going to be the... Um, Bilingual Comedy Show at Fiddlers. There will be more information about that on our page. Also on the Chistolas page at the Chistolas. T-H-E-C-H-I-S-T-O-L-S. 
C-H-I-S-T-O-L-A-S. That she stole us. Facebook.com slash that she stole us. Yeah, the winner of the spinning bee uh, is... Guys, that she stole us at gmail.com. All that stuff. Or you can contact us for any questions you have about that. Then there is the horrible movie night where we watch a horrible movie, laugh our heads off, and get to meet new people, which is really fun. That's on December 23rd. So if you're here, you don't know what to do close to Christmas, and you're alone because I've been that gringo, uh, come out, hang out with us. Maybe you can tag along with us doing gringo things. Um, and that'll be at the Black Rock. Again, more info coming up at you as that develops. Check out our page. And again, that's from the Chistolas. So C-H-I-S-T-O-L-A-S, yeah? Uh, I think so. Chistolas. Chistayinolas. She stole us, so check that out. But hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you have questions, comments, corrections, corrections, criticisms, let us know. We want to hear from you. We are at the Chili Today podcast. Well, no death threats, please. No death threats, Not please. again. Oh my god, I know he's German, but come on, cut me some slack. Cut him some slack. Mm, my favorite kind of cheese. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's a Pisco speaking. I guess. That's a Pisco. It's been a long night. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And when in doubt, Gringo out. Bye. Bye. The Chile Today podcast is written by Bethany Francis and Leonard Kluge. Oh, come on. <laughs> and it is directed and edited by Podcast Pinguino, a.k.a. Diego Rivera, the amazing. Maybe we should have this a little bit. I think that's a cute outro. Leonard.